Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your SmackDown and AEW Rampage post-show for September 23rd. It is now September 24th because I'm here live on YouTube past midnight because there was four hours of professional wrestling tonight where I wish there wasn't. Thank you so much for joining me on your Friday nights wherever you may be. As always, we are live from the OTS venue. SmackDown was great tonight. SmackDown has probably been WWE's best. It's, it's amazing, man. SmackDown has been WWE's best show. Two months ago, we were talking about SmackDown being absolute dog shit. It was the drizzling shit. It was the worst WWE show that there was. This was under Bruce and Vince McMahon. But two months in, SmackDown has felt revitalized and fresh, and we haven't gotten a rematch. We've gotten a couple, but we haven't gotten rematches every single week. And when we do get them, they mean something. SmackDown tonight was great, spearheaded by a fantastic tag team championship match with the Usos, Butch, and Ridge Holland of the Brawling Brutes. It's amazing what tag team wrestling could be in WWE if you just let them be and let them go out there. And it's amazing what WWE, it's amazing what Paul Levesque has done to the Brawling Brutes. He's gotten them so fucking over to a point where they finally, finally, and I'm, I don't mean this in any negative way at all towards Sheamus or, or Pete Dunne or Rich Holland, but under Vince's leadership, they looked like a bunch of losers. They weren't really going anywhere. Under Vince and Bruce, you guys know what Vince and Bruce did. They put them against the fucking New Day for like 82 weeks in a row. Now they're in something substantial. They're getting tag team title matches. We got Imperium showing up. We got Gunther showing up. We're getting the rematch with Sheamus and Gunther for the Intercontinental title on the season premiere of SmackDown in October. SmackDown's firing on all cylinders. SmackDown has been great. Roman Reigns tonight, the bloodline, will go over what happened there. Absolutely incredible opening segment to SmackDown tonight where Sami Zayn was made officially an honorary ooze by Roman Reigns and everybody played their part. Fantastic. Roman was great. Sami was great. Jay Uso was probably the star of the entire segment. It was tremendous television. Tremendous television. And it's going to be a really, really, really game-changing moment for Sami Zayn when the bloodline and the Usos inevitably beat him down. It's going to be awesome. We'll go over that. Braun Strowman, surprisingly, had a great match tonight with Otis. Everybody was so into that. 
Otis and Braun Strowman had a very good match. Two big hosses going at it on SmackDown. And the White Rabbit. Everybody's talking about the White Rabbit. We got more clues to the puzzle about the White Rabbits. And I got more news on that. And we'll go over that as well tonight on the post show. On Rampage, you know, I seem to strike a little bit of a chord with the AEW fan base. If you don't know who the fuck I am and what I do, I'm going to need you to A, shut the fuck up, and B, if you don't want to hear what I have to say, go watch somebody else. That's all I'm going to say. If you are an AEW fan and don't appreciate my fucking fair criticisms, I'm going to need you to get the fuck out. Rampage was fine. And that's all it was. The analogy that I gave you at the top of the show when I'm driving in my fucking Mustang, it's the best analogy I could give you. They want to call it a grand slam. It was a fucking ground rule double. Lucky bounce over the outfield wall. And you still left men on second and third. And you didn't score with men in scoring position. It was not a grand slam tonight. It was not. Nowhere even, no, nowhere even close. Wednesday was a grand slam. Friday was not a grand slam. Now, that doesn't mean there wasn't good wrestling tonight. It's just the way that they conduct business and the way they want to treat this show on Friday night. You know, I believe after, after this, this was it for me. This was it. Unless we're getting a fucking live rampage and we're getting like fucking Kazuchika Okada wrestling in the main event. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want nothing to do with rampage. Nothing. Nothing. This is the last rampage that I'm covering on this fucking show until they move this show to a normal time slot live and treat it like a dynamite. And I mean that, and I don't give a fuck what you think. I'm not covering it anymore. They don't give a shit about it. I don't give a shit about it. Again, it wasn't a bad show. It wasn't a bad show. Jungle Boy and Ray Phoenix, tremendous match. Love both guys. Tremendous match. What did it mean? I don't know. Did they need to go longer than everybody on the show? No. But it was a tremendous match. Sting and Darby Allen against the House of Black. House of Black again loses. But it was a tremendous match. Adam Page is the new number one contender for the AEW World Championship. Kind of a hot-button topic there. I mean... Of all the guys you want to go with, Adam Page gets another championship match that he's not going to win. Instead of going with an Andrade or somebody new that hasn't wrestled John Moxley. I don't get it. Why Page? Especially Adam Page, since CM Punk called him a fucking dumb fuck at the media scrum. Now, it could be looked at in two ways. One, you could say Tony Khan's putting his foot down and showing him, showing Punk. That he is the boss. Ha, 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 I'm the boss. You want to throw this guy under the bus? We're going to make him number one contender. Don't know what good it does when he's not going to beat John Moxley. But after all that happened at the all-out media scrum, you want to make one of the elite. The one guy who didn't get suspended, the number one contender for the AEW World Championship, a championship that was held by CM Punk literally two weeks ago. I don't know about that, man. I don't know about that. Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs, good match. 
Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara. Good match. Jade Cargill didn't need to be on the show with Diamante. Jesus fucking Christ, get it out. I don't understand why any of that appeared on my television. An absolute waste of my fucking life that I can't get back. Action Bronson. He had a great showing tonight against 2.0 with Hook. Good stuff. But the overall flow of the show, I mean, holy shit. You know, if I want to rush, I'll go take a fucking a jog around the block. You know? Give me a fucking break with this shit. It's almost as if this show was written on fucking cocaine and speed. I'm not watching the Indy 500. I'm watching a fucking pro wrestling show. But here we are. Same show, two hours long, same complaints. No change. No change. We'll go over it, though. We'll go over it, though. How many times have I said it, man? Quality over quantity. If I got to fly to Jacksonville and fucking scream it at the top of Tony Khan's fucking rooftop, I will. Quality over quantity. Oh, but it was a two-hour show. I don't give a fuck. Monday Night Raw's three hours. You don't see Triple H loading the fucking show up with 13 matches. Give me a break. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But I want to thank everybody for joining me on this early Saturday morning. If you guys enjoyed that cover of Papa Roach Last Resort, shout out to the boys over at OnLap. They put that on their channel today. Absolutely incredible stuff. I waited for that all week. I was hoping for it to be a real banger, and it was. So if you guys want to go check out that song and the artists who performed on that, go visit OnLap's YouTube channel. I linked it in the description. So make sure you guys go support them, man. Excellent stuff, and they are a vital part of the stream. And I can't wait for YouTube's new music policies to go into effect, man. I'm telling you right now, man, I already have the new theme for the show. The new theme for the show is already chosen. We will be able to purchase licensed music. What's the, what's the new theme for, this, for the show, JD? Don't worry about it, man. It's, it's, it's a banger. Don't worry about it. It's a fucking banger, okay? Anyway, one thing that makes me smile is music. New Alter Bridge, October 14th, by the way. And I'm going to see I'm going to see Alter Bridge in Long Island at the Paramount. And I'm going to go see Machine Head at the Paramount in uh, November, I believe. I'll be at a couple of concerts this uh, this fall and winter, man. It felt like fucking the beginnings of winter today. Holy shit, man! It's 51 fucking degrees right now in New York City. I legitimately had to turn the fucking heat on. We go from 80 to fucking 50. Why? Why? Now I'm sweating my balls off. I may have to get up and turn the air conditioner on. Anyway, I love you guys, man. Thank you for showing up tonight. I know it's late. We got a busy weekend. We got a busy week. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. Tomorrow night, I'll be doing House of Glory with Solid Monster. Love it. For the best two-man booth on the goddamn indies, man. And my boy, Hillary P. Wisdom. Can't forget him, man, our heel color commentator. Tomorrow night, man, House of Glory Genesis on Fight TV. I will be calling my first ever ladder match with Jason. 
Cashflow Cam Broadway versus Charles Mason for the House of Glory Crown Jewel Championship in a ladder match. Oh my God, man. It is going to be brutal. And I hope to God we rectify what we did wrong at the last show. Your complaints were my complaints. Don't worry about it. So if you guys want to order that on Fight TV, you can listen to us and join in on the carnage. It should be awesome. Sunday. Sunday, I will not be live for episode 445 of the podcast. I will be in upstate New York. I will be going away for the day. I can't do anything live. So what we're going to do is before we go to House of Glory tomorrow night at 7 p.m., I will be live with Off The Script tomorrow after, well, today, 12 noon on Saturday afternoon, 12 noon. We'll be live for a couple of hours. We'll bang it out. We'll talk about all the top stories. I'll get you guys covered on everything. It should be awesome. So join me. I'll set the notifications up. You guys can join in tomorrow afternoon. So make sure you RSVP to the OTS venue for episode 445. I don't want to leave a weekend without the podcast. Follow me on social media at JD from NYTOL6. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. We just hit almost 11,000 followers on TikTok, man. Thank you guys very much for all of that. I fulfilled three cameos this week. Thank you guys for that. You know who you are. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I need a thousand likes minimum. Right now, it's unacceptable. Right now, it is unacceptable. I only see 500 likes on the live stream, and that is not good enough for me. We got 2,100 people in here, man. This should be easy, easy. A thousand minimum. No doubt about it. Go check out all the other content on the channel. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at audible audibletrial.com slash scripts make sure you guys go get your 30 days free of audible and when you sign up you're going to get one free audio book of your choice so make sure you guys sign up audibletrial.com slash scripts always a great friend and a great sponsor of off the script Let us get into the SmackDown portion of tonight, man. We got a lot to go over. SmackDown opened up with the Bloodline. The Bloodline opened up SmackDown tonight, and Roman Reigns had a longer entrance than Jade Cargill and Diamante tonight. That's including entrances, which is always a good thing. I I would rather watch them over and over and over again than fucking... Jade Cargill, Russell, some nobody. But Roman Reigns came out. He's with the Usos. He's with Solo Sokoa. He's with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is dancing around behind him. They all walked to the ring. Sami looked thrilled to be out there. So obviously we're talking about Logan Paul. They threw a clip to Logan Paul at the press conference on Saturday with Triple H stepping in between them. So Roman Reigns teased talking for a little bit of Sammy was so excited Reigns began with his Salt Lake City acknowledge me fans cheered Heyman then gets the microphone that's all Roman said for now Heyman asked what do you actually call people from Utah he made up some words 
He didn't know. He asked Sammy. Sammy didn't know. He says, okay, let's settle on this. Salt Lake City, it's. I like it. Paul Heyman is a man of just sheer brilliance. It's what happens when you're from uh, New York, man. You think on your toes. You think on your toes. Fans booed. And then he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't boo the wise man. So Heyman, he talked about Drew McIntyre and his fans lamenting that it was on his home turf at Clash of the Castle, and he lost. Heyman said, everywhere is the tribal chief's home turf. Not you, the tribal chief. That was his home turf. He said, now that Drew has another bridge to, uh, <laughs> another bridge to cr- <laughs> cross. Yeah, you got it, cross, you know, cross, C-R-O-S-S, but this bridge is K-R-O-S-S in Carrion. Yeah, you get it. You get it, man. Paul Heyman's fucking great. So uh, he's like, all right, we'll talk about Solo Sokoa. Let's talk about Solo. Not this red Solo cup. What is in it? I don't know. I'm always a man of cold beverages on my desk. Let's talk about Solo. He said he wishes it was his idea, but it wasn't his idea. It wasn't the tribal chief's idea. He looked at Sammy and he said... Some people might want to take credit for this and think that it was their idea, but Solo Sokoa was sent by the elders of the Samoan dynasty. He said, if you thought the bloodline was unstoppable before, and they were, they are even stronger with an enforcer to assure reigns, reigns on the throne of the island of relevancy. And the enforcer is Solo Sokoa. He said it opens up the Usos as well in their pursuit of immortality. So Reigns called over Solo. He looked at him and said, the elders may have sent you, but now you answer to me, Solo acknowledged. He didn't seem enthusiastic. He didn't really seem happy about it, but he nodded in approval. He said to Roman, Roman, I acknowledge you as my tribal chief. Roman wanted him to acknowledge him. I acknowledge you as my tribal chief. Reigns extends his arms and he hugs Solo Sokoa. Bloodline's music plays, or Roman's music plays. They start exiting the ring. Sami Zayn takes the microphone and he asks for the music to stop and for the PA system to cut the music. He wanted to say something to the tribal chief and to the bloodline. He says he knows he isn't technically blood, but he wanted to show gratitude for how they've taken him in as a family and publicly acknowledge Roman Reigns as his tribal chief. Reigns smiled. He didn't get angry. He smiled. And he found something endearing, I would say, in Sammy. You know, you could could look at it and say that Roman was kind of laughing at him or... He found him amusing. You know, Sammy Sammy Zayn is is an amusing guy, right? So Roman looked at him and, you know, he he appreciates what Sammy's doing, but, but he asked. Finally, somebody asked, right? Sammy, why are you talking right now? Why are you talking right now? Sammy looked like, oh, shit, I fucked up. Why are you saying anything to me right now? He asked why he has the Bloodline shirt on. Heyman's in the corner. He's covering his face because he knew this was not going to end well. 
Why are you wearing our shirt? Why are you tagging along with this entire thing? What is it about? What do you want, Sammy? Rain says, I know what. I know what he wants. He says he wants Sammy. Well, I know what I want, he says. You're going to do what I want. I want you to take that bloodline shirt off. So he's asking Sami Zayn to take that bloodline shirt that he wears every week off right now. So all while this is being said, you see Jay Uso. Everybody's just standing there, you know, just minding their business, letting the tribal chief speak. Jay Uso legitimately is like a fucking Rottweiler ready to pounce behind a locked gate. As soon as you open that gate, he's ready to fucking kill you. He is legitimately foaming at the mouth, enjoying this because he wants Sammy to be booted out of the bloodline. He wants Sammy to be called out as the fraud he thinks he is. This reminds me of the Wyatt family, Luke Harper, Randy Orton storyline where Luke Harper knew Randy Orton was a snake in sheep's clothing. Don't trust him, Bray. Jay Uso knows what Sami Zayn is up to. Sami Zayn is not somebody that Jay Uso trusts. He's been very adamant, very vocal about Sami Zayn even being next to them. Never mind being in the bloodline. He thinks he's a clown. He thinks he's a fool. He doesn't belong here. He's legitimately foaming at the mouth. So Sami says he's not sure if he's kidding or not kidding. He apologized for what happened with Logan Paul last week. So now he's bringing up something that wasn't even really on anybody's mind. But now he's just making shit worse for himself, is Sami Zayn. Rain says, I'm not going to tell you again. Take the shirt off. Sami didn't take the shirt off and began to kind of express his case. So Roman told Jay, take it off and rip it off of him. Jay willfully obliged. He went over there. He started ripping the fucking shirt off of Sami Zayn. Ripped the shirt off of him. He's standing there half naked now with no fucking shirt. His bad chest exposed. Jay ripped it off of him. I need you to listen for once, says Roman Reigns to Sami Zayn. I don't want to ever see you wear that bloodline shirt ever again. Fans are booing. Fans are booing. They're so behind Sami Zayn at this point. He then said, you're not going to wear it again because I got you a new one. He got Sami Zayn a new shirt. He threw it to Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn unfolds the shirt. On the shirt, it says in red letters, SZ at the top, and then in big red letters, red and black letters, the colors of the bloodline, honorary ooze. This, this, this was so fucking heartwarming. For Sami Zayn. He puts the shirt on. He excitedly put it on. Jay looks fucking. He went from foaming at the mouth. Wanting to beat the shit out of this guy. To fucking absolutely disgusted. Sami Zayn is slapping hands with Jimmy. He's hugging Solo. He goes and hugs Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns. The fucking toughest guy on the goddamn roster. The tribal chief. He actually hugs Sami Zayn. Pats him on the back. And he genuinely hugged Sami Zayn. Reigns asked if he had anything to say. Sami said, yes, I acknowledge you as my tribal chief. This entire segment 
was fucking incredible. Everybody played their roles brilliantly. First, I want to start at the top with the bloodline. They came out. They look like, and they they looked like this before Solo Sokoa joined them, but, you know, Sami Zayn was always an outsider and whatnot. Now that Solo Sokoa has joined the bloodline and Solo Sokoa is there full-time and Sami Zayn now is really being treated as, you know, not really an equal, but an equal at the same time. He's he's almost like he's almost like their little fucking, you know, loyal friend, their little pet. But them as a faction, they look incredible as a faction. And if you look at WWE's presentation of, of the bloodline, you look at how they actually give a shit. When WWE wants you to know something is fucking special, they will go out of their way to let you know that this is special. Everything about the bloodline is just epic. You look at them, and they just stand as the most dominant faction in all of pro wrestling right now. They want you to know it. They look it. They, they feel it. They, they wrestle like it. They got Paul Heyman. It's incredible. If WWE only did that and treated the bloodline like they would do everything else, or the, they would treat everything else like the bloodline, it would be great. If everything else on the show got a, a fucking tenth, of the presentation that the bloodline got, I think we'd be pretty good. But it shows how WWE actually gives a fuck about everything that the bloodline is doing. They want them to be legitimately the greatest faction ever. At the end of all of this, Sami Zayn, he should win a fucking Emmy Award. Guy was like fucking legitimately about to cry his eyes out when Roman Reigns was telling him to take the fucking shirt off. Excellent. Excellent. He went from crying and eyes red to fucking absolute enthusiastic, just jumping up and down like a little child. Thrilled. Roman Reigns was great in the demeanor that he had. He didn't really yell at Sammy, but he was forceful in Sammy, right? Sammy was like the fucking... Son who was being belittled by his father for doing something wrong, but he didn't understand what he did wrong. Jay Uso was the star of this entire segment. Him pacing back and forth and him just fucking just yelling from the background in agreement with everything Roman said when Sami Zayn was being told by Roman to take the shirt off. He was absolutely fucking incredible in what he did. Jimmy Uso solo they actually like Sammy. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My question is 
When is it going to happen? What is going to be the one situation that gets Sami Zayn the biggest beating of his life, that turns Sami Zayn into the biggest babyface in the entire fucking company? This right now, I am telling you this right now. You could mark it down. You could fucking quote it. You could clip it. It's going to happen. Mark my words. When Sami Zayn is booted from the bloodline, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens will be the two biggest baby faces. They will be the number one and number two baby faces in all of world wrestling entertainment. I didn't know where this storyline was going with Sami Zayn. I would not have it any other way. I didn't know where it was going under Vince, but my God, man, under Paul Levesque and what we're seeing right now with Kevin Owens and the fucking superstar that he's becoming on Monday Night Raw in this new administration and Sami Zayn and the attention to detail and the fact that this thing has legs now, this bloodline Sami Zayn storyline has legs. This is going to be absolutely fucking phenomenal when it reaches its conclusion. Will Sami Zayn cost Roman the titles? I don't know if the Usos are going to lose those titles. I don't, listen, Roman Reigns is not going to lose that championship. And I find it very difficult to believe that the Usos will lose those championships as long as Roman is champion. I find that very difficult to believe. They're not really what they say they are then. Solo Sokoa was the North American champion, but, you know, he was there, he's basically been there for a fucking uh, cup of tea, cup of coffee. It wasn't there long. He was there for one week. But I, I can't see the Usos losing the championships as long as Roman is still champion, and Roman is not losing that championship. So when is this going to happen? How long is this going to go on? Because there's been dissension. There's been dissension. There was even dissension tonight in the tag team match with the brawling brutes. But whatever the case may be, this has been incredible. This opening segment was fantastic. Excellent way to start SmackDown off. We go from that. We go from great to boring. Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan and Lacey Evans. Liv Morgan got a half an entrance. Lacey Evans did not get an entrance. The whole storyline with this is with Liv Morgan challenging Ronda Rousey herself to an extreme rules match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Ronda then says, oh yeah, well, if that's what you want, it's your funeral, bitch. So this whole story now is Liv Morgan needs to find her inner extreme. So now this is what we're doing. She wants to find ways to cheat to win. Now she needs to find her inner extreme. I don't know how you need to find your inner extreme. If you want to be the champion, that should come to you very easily. I don't know why we need to tell a story about Liv Morgan finding her inner extreme before extreme rules. Absolutely fucking lame. Nobody cares about that story. This Liv Morgan title reign is a fucking fail. It's a fail. The stories are not good. She's not a good promo. She's not a believable champion. She's not playing the part right. And honestly, if Ronda Rousey doesn't win the championship, Ronda's not really the woman I want to be the champion either. But if Ronda doesn't beat Liv Morgan at Extreme Rules, we got a fucking problem. We got a problem. Lacey Evans, boy, Triple H is really telling you, you know, I talk about statements with Triple H. A lot of things he's done 
have been statements. I honestly think Lacey Evans being treated the way she is is a statement. This is a Vince McMahon project. Everything that is a Vince McMahon project, goodbye. Gone. Lacey Evans feels like she is in absolutely nothing, and rightfully so. She's terrible. And she is absolutely 100% in the Paul Levesque era a jobber. And that's where she should be. She's not good. She's not entertaining. She doesn't have a personality. Nobody's interested in what she's got or what she brings to the table. Goodbye. Goodbye. I wouldn't be surprised if Lacey Evans is booted out of the WWE. Future endeavor for Lacey Evans. So, Lacey Evans had Liv Morgan grounded in the middle of the ring. Lacey, all of a sudden, and like I said, this entire thing was about Liv Morgan finding her inner extreme. She's got to be dangerous when she wrestles Ronda Rousey. So, Lacey ran Liv into the ring post. Liv went out to the outside. And we get Lacey Evans going underneath the ring. This is not a no-DQ match. This is a non-title match. It's a standard one-on-one match. She goes to the outside, and she pulls out a broom from underneath the ring. She throws it away. She goes underneath the ring again, and she gets a kendo stick. So she takes the kendo stick, and she jumps into the ring. This is not legal. This is not legal. Why are you using a illegal weapon in a match that could get you disqualified. She swings the kendo stick at Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan ducked. She fumbled around at Lacey Evans off balance. She then was nailed with a code breaker by Liv Morgan. And then Liv Morgan throws her into the ropes, hits her oblivion finish. One, two, three, and that was it. The post-match was better than the actual match. So Liv Morgan wins in seven minutes. Liv Morgan picked up the kendo stick. She dropped it. She throws it away. She didn't want to hit Liv Morgan. Uh, she didn't want to hit Lacey Evans rather than Liv Morgan with the kendo stick. So Graves kept saying, ah, she doesn't have that killer instinct to beat Ronda Rousey at Extreme Rules. She looks at the kendo stick. She thought about it again. She picks it up. This time she drove Lacey in the back on the security barricade with the kendo stick. She beats her with the kendo stick. She pulls out a table from underneath the ring, does Liv Morgan, sets it up right by the commentary desk. She puts Lacey Evans on top of the table. She goes into the ring. She climbs up to the top rope. She's standing on top of the steel post. Liv Morgan takes a little bit. She's hesitating. She sees Lacey Evans laying across the table. All of a sudden, she jumps off the ta- off the uh, steel post through the table with a senton splash through the table and through Lacey Evans, breaking the table. Lacey Evans is writhing in pain, and that's the way the segment went off the air. Now, granted, the senton looked beautiful. She executed it great. I'm surprised the table broke with see, you know, seeing how tiny Liv Morgan is. So she did the senton off the top. She broke the table and broke Lacey Evans in the process. And it looked great. Now, I don't know what they're going to do at Extreme Rules, but the fact that it opens it up to no rules, it probably will end up being Liv Morgan's best match because basically they could do anything they want 
And Ronda will probably thrive in that environment as well. Instead of having to worry about carrying Liv Morgan to a regular one-on-one championship match. But outside of everything else, I'm not interested in what's going on here. I'm not interested in Liv Morgan. I'm not interested in the match. Honestly, I think this title run has been a failure. And I think come Extreme Rules, we need to take that belt off of Liv Morgan and put it back on Ronda Rousey. And we need to start rebuilding the SmackDown women's division. Because let's be real, and I I mean this genuinely. You know, I know there's a lot of Liv Morgan fans out there. But you got to ask yourself one thing. Is the women's division better with Liv Morgan as champion? The answer is no. Liv Morgan has not made the division better. The division, there's no difference in the division with Liv Morgan as champion as to compare when she wasn't champion, when Ronda was champion. It's the same fucking thing. Ronda was the champion. It sucked. Liv Morgan was the champion. It still sucks. She's not making anybody better in the ring. And we've gotten what? We've gotten her winning money in the bank. She won something that a heel usually wins. She cashed it in and beat Ronda after she already wrestled the match, which is a very heel thing to do. She shows up the following week, and she gets cheered. She wrestles Ronda again. She taps out, but wins the match because the referee didn't see Liv Morgan tapped out. She gets booed because she's basically a hypocrite babyface, and the things that she say don't line up with what she's actually saying. Telling the fans one thing, but doing another. It's been a disaster. She didn't have a good match with Shayna Baszler. Now we're wrestling Ronda again. You expect to beat Ronda twice and then a third time? (laughs) Give me a break, man. Come on. WrestleMania. You got to start thinking about WrestleMania when Survivor Series starts rolling around. This is when we usually start to talk about WrestleMania. What's going to be the WrestleMania SmackDown women's match? Come April, it's going to, in, 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 in L.A., in Hollywood, it's going to be Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. Liv Morgan would be lucky if she even makes it to catering. Get her out. Get her out. Sami Zayn. He was backstage. He was berating a guy with some food. I don't know who this geek was, but apparently the food was supposed to be delivered to the bloodline, possibly. He asks for a vegan meal, and he wants a vegan meal. Listen, Sami Zayn doesn't eat meat. Go get him his stuff. Ricochet and Madcap Moss, all of a sudden, they approach Sami Zayn. Moss tells Sami that he's changed. He's a changed man, not for the better. Ricochet said before he was obnoxious and unbearable. Moss says, well, he still is obnoxious and unbearable, But it's a whole new level now. He said, from now on, if you disrespect him, you're also disrespecting the entire bloodline. Ricochet said he might consider himself an honorable ooze, but everyone knows that's not true. Solo then jumped Moss and Ricochet from behind. Solo was fucking intense here, man. Oh, my goodness. He beat the shit out of both Ricochet. And Matt Cat Moss throwing them into a steel garage door. And Sammy, he gets down in front of them. They're both laying down there after Solo Sokoa beat them both up. Sammy Zayn is patting Solo Sokoa on the back. Sammy told them now they're dealing with the bloodline. Sammy told Solo, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Good work, good work. I was just about to do that. 
Sure you were, Sammy. Sure you were, bro. I believe you, though. I believe you. But Sammy Zayn is fucking great. He is so good, man. We got Hit Row. Hit Row's backstage. They're talking about the, Smack, uh, the SmackDown Tag Team title match later between the Brawling Brutes, Butch, and Rich Holland. Reggie. You know Butch, right? Butch is actually wrestling more and more like Pete Dunne, man. It's a beautiful thing to see. It's a beautiful thing to see. Rich Holland has even gotten better. So they're talking about that match later. All of a sudden, the Street Profits walk in, and they chatted with them about money and success. Ford brought up that he's interested in watching Otis versus Braun Strowman. Then they brought in Shinsuke Nakamura, who apparently wanted to drink some champagne with Hit Row and the Street Profits because he had a glass already in hand waiting for a pour. Gotta love Shinsuke, man. He's a man of fine taste. He always wants a cold beverage. Gotta love it. Now, during this this interview or uh, this backstage segment, this promo with the Street Profits, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Hit Row, there was a situation that happened on the screen. I saw it briefly, and I'm like, ah, there it is. I was just too slow to get my phone, but thank God for Twitter. We saw another QR code show up during this segment on the TV screen. We got the Street Profits logo in the back, and then we get the Hit Row logo in the back, and then briefly, it's like a, it was like, if you blinked, you missed it. QR code that showed up on the TV screen in the back where they were doing this promo. The latest video of the White Rabbit includes coordinates that point to Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, which is the site of Monday Night Raw on Monday. Now, this past Monday, we got the 923 vignette with the rabbit. We got two 923 vignettes. We got the hangman game that they played, who killed the world, you did Right, and you see the bunny hopping around on the different letters, and legitimately the first five letters that he jumped on were D-E-M-O-N, demon. I mean, how much more blatant do you want it to be, right? So he's jumping around, and then he eventually spells, who killed the world? You did, he says. The letters that spell you did are the same letters used, the same font used in Bray Wyatt merchandise, before he got released. So all of this is aligning up to be Bray Wyatt. We got the 923 in blue. We got the 923 in white. We get one white rabbit, completely white. And then we get another white rabbit with red eyes. They're going back and forth. So obviously this was leading to SmackDown. There was also some guy in the crowd at 923 holding up a QR code on Monday Night Raw. So WWE has been very meticulous and very secretive about what is going on here with Bray Wyatt. Then we get this. So the coordinates lead to Rogers Place in Edmonton. So I said this on Monday. I don't think Bray Wyatt's going to show up in Salt Lake fucking city. They're not going to debut him on SmackDown in Salt Lake City with no plan. It's either going to happen at Extreme Rules or it's going to happen at one of the big shows, the season premiere, 
We got a D-Generation X uh, anniversary coming up at Barclays Center for the Monday Night Raw season premiere. It could be either one of those shows in that week. It could be one of those shows. It could be Extreme Rules. It could be Crown Jewel. It could be Survivor Series. But fans are going crazy. All of a sudden, the IWC is now fucking uh, Columbo out here. They're basically sleuths and investigators now, which is great. You guys want to do that? That's fine. Whatever makes you sleep easier at night. I'm not going to tell people to stop doing something that they enjoy, okay? But the thing is, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, is this Bray Wyatt? I don't give a shit if it's Bray Wyatt. You know, is it Bray? It's going to be a letdown if it's not. It's not anybody except Bray. It's got to be Bray at this point. It's not a matter of if it's Bray. It's when. You just got to be patient, right? Wrestling fans don't seem to have patience. They want their instant gratification. Oh, I got to get it now. But Triple H is not that type of guy. You watch NXT for nine fucking years. Well, maybe you didn't. I know I did. You watch NXT under Triple H's guidance for eight or nine years. He never gave you instant gratification. How long did we wait for Alistair Black and the attacker for Alistair Black. And when we got it, how fucking great was it? How great was that? How great was that match where Tommaso Ciampa beat Alistair Black, Malachi, Alistair Black for the world title? How great was it? It was fucking great. You just gotta wait. This is like that. Who did it? They interviewed everybody. The entire locker room was out in the fucking parking lot of NXT, they interviewed Lars Sullivan. They interviewed fucking uh, Velveteen Dream. The, the, every sanity. Everybody was interviewed. Everybody was asked, did you see something? Who did you see? Can you give us any clues, any inside information to tell the investigators about what's going on here? Who beat up Malachi, right? Who beat up Alistair Black? That was great stuff. That was great shit. This is like that. You're going to have to wait, folks. You're going to have to wait. So... We're either getting more clues or a debut on Monday, which is not the debut. It's more clues. It's going to be clue after clue after clue after clue until you see the one last clue, I'm coming. So during this vignette tonight, there was coordinates, a bunny, this Pac-Man-like video game that had fire circling the center of the puzzle board. In the center of the puzzle board was a red door. So the bunny obviously had to evade the fire and get through the red door. We see another clip with the bunny going through the red door. And then we get the bunny looking at the coordinates. And next to the bunny, we get the word patricide. Now, the definition of patricide is very simple. Patricide is the killing of one's father, a person who kills their father. Now, that's pretty fucking creepy. That's very, very creepy. But that was the word, and that is the definition. So, Wyatt, there was a video going around on Twitter. You guys can go to my Twitter page because I retweeted it. I included a tweet with the video. There was an old FCW promo where he was very, very... This had to be like the first couple of weeks of him as Wyndham, right? With Bray Wyatt and the, and the gimmick coming, coming out and being presented. It almost looked like a promo class. He talked about patricide. He talked about killing his father. He talked about stories about his father. And at the end of this promo, he says, come with me. What did we see at the end of last week's vignette? 
with the bunny and the white rabbit. Come with me. This is all leading to Bray Wyatt. How it's going to lead to Bray Wyatt, what version of Bray Wyatt are we going to get? I don't know. But all I know is that it's Bray Wyatt. He's coming and he will be back in the WWE. Now, as far as WWE is concerned, this is the only thing I'll read because I want to save this for tomorrow's podcast tomorrow afternoon. WWE is, very, is being very, very tight-lipped about the White Rabbit teases, Bray Wyatt implications. There are a lot of people who are giving their opinion on it, even those in WWE, fightful as axed around, and so far, the majority of the WWE locker room is left in the dark. So far, no talent or on-screen staff that we've heard back from have been informed of what exactly the White Rabbit references are about, though almost un, uh, a unanimous reaction is the speculation is that it is related to Bray Wyatt. So there is obviously chatter about it, and there is a unanimous reaction that it is. It's got to be Bray Wyatt. This is what Triple H does best. Keeps you guessing. Keeps you wanting more. 923. 923. We got 923 last week, right? I want to throw something out at you guys. Now, it didn't happen around 923. We went to commercial break at 923. But what was the last thing before 923? This could be something. It could be nothing. I hope it is something. You know, Karrion Cross was the white rabbit in Lucha Underground. I honestly think a lot of people, when that white rabbit reference in the song by Jefferson Airplane was being played all through the house shows and during commercial breaks at these live shows, a lot of people attributed that to him. What if he still is involved? Now, I don't know what you guys thought. Or if you guys are thinking along the same wavelength as me, it didn't happen at 923, but as soon as 923 hit, it was the end of the segment. What if Bray Wyatt is the one referenced with the White Rabbit teases, but what if he's not alone? What if in some way the White Rabbit leads to Bray Wyatt coming back, but the White Rabbit also leads to him being aligned with Karrion Cross? Could we be looking at a new Wyatt family? Could we be looking at a rebirth of what he lost in the WWE currently? Who in the WWE could fill that void and bring Bray Wyatt back the way we want him to come back? I don't want the demon. I don't want a different version of the demon. I don't want something new, something spiritual, something supernatural, something that's going to be you know, tough to kill like The Fiend was. I want Wyndham. I want Wyndham. I want Wyndham back as Bray Wyatt. I want Wyatt family Bray Wyatt back. He did trademark the name Wyatt Six. I don't know what that means, but could we see the White Rabbit references, not only reference Bray Wyatt, but everybody else? I don't know. Who else in the WWE would even fit the vibe of what the Wyatt Six would be or something with the White Rabbit? I need somebody to go and do some investigative work 
about why Dexter Loomis is attacking The Miz. Does The Miz have anything to do? Well, what did The Miz do to Wyndham or, or Bray Wyatt? Did, 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 did The Miz do anything to, to, to Bray in his time there? Because Dexter Loomis has been very tight-lipped. Miz has not said anything about that either. Is Dexter Loomis attached to this? Because we've got no way. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason for all this. After all these weeks, it's been six weeks now, we've got no answers to anything with Miz and Dexter Loomis. There's got to be a reason for that. I don't think Paul Levesque is that fucking stupid. I don't think Paul Levesque is going to continue doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and not give us a fucking crumb of what's going on. Does Dexter Loomis have something to do with this? I don't know. I have no idea. So I'm just going to leave it like that. That was the new vignette, the new White Rabbit tease. Clearly, all signs are pointing to Bray Wyatt. But in WWE, in Bray Wyatt realm, is anything that easy to figure out? It may be something else and then the big reveal. Because it would be too easy after one week to say, yep, it's Bray. I don't think that's the way the man operates. Bray is not going to sleep well at night until you're dancing around, struggling to figure out and decode what he said. And there was a video online today that showed him working out. So clearly, whoever posted that didn't do him any favors. So more than likely, it will lend, lend itself to being Bray Wyatt, but in what way and in what version of Bray Wyatt are we going to get? We will see. We will see. Moving on. The New Day. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods versus the Maximum Male Models. This is Mansoir and the Massey. Gotta love them, right? Get them out. Two minutes. You know, we see the New Day, right? And the New Day got destroyed by the Viking Raiders. Sad news for the Viking Raiders. Eric is going to be out indefinitely. Eric of the Viking Raiders. Now, I don't know why. I don't know what had happened. I know I read it today. Let me see if I can find it. Eric of the Viking Raiders is going to be out indefinitely. And this sucks because they were about to be pushed big time. And I think it may be, uh, the last thing I read was a concussion. I don't know what the reason is, but uh, I'll probably find it and talk about it tomorrow. But um, they're out. So Eric is out, and then obviously that means Ivar's out. And it sucks, because they were looking really fucking strong in that tag team division. So hopefully they get back sooner rather than later. But the New Day, still kicking here. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods against the Maximum Male Models. Two minutes. Uh, New Day got an entrance. The Maximum Male Models did not. The Maximum Male Models did not get an entrance at all. This gimmick is dead. Dead. So, two minutes, and I believe it was with Backwoods, we got Mansoir being pinned by Xavier Woods. One, two, three. 
So at the end of the match, Max Dupree was very upset. He took his jacket off. He started slamming his jacket on the ring apron. He was scaring his sister, Maxine Dupree. And he was berating Mansois and Marseille. And all of a sudden, he stormed off. This may be the breaking point for Max Dupree. You know, to get through the day, you got to get to the night. Or to get to the night, you got to get through the day. Whatever the fuck he said. I don't know. I don't know. We're getting LA Knight back for sure. This is the tease of LA Knight. But, uh... It can't come soon enough. This gimmick is dead. Get it off TV. And I said on Twitter, man, you know, for all the geeks out there, for all the other content creators and the podcasts, you know, it's amazing how fucking, you know, one day they're on something and the next day they follow uh, everybody else's opinion like fucking lemmings, man. If you ask them to fall off a fucking cliff and follow somebody off the cliff, they'll probably do it. This is why the community are a bunch of embarrassing clowns. At least I stick to my opinions. I mean what I say here. Oh, the Maximum Male Models, this is a great gimmick. Blah, 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 blah. It's going to be great. This is going to be great for Max Dupree. L.A. Knight, right? This is going to be great for Mansoor. And uh, what's his face? Mace, right? Fuck are you talking about, bro? These are the same people that now are saying, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see L.A. Knight back. Really? You were just praising Max Dupree fucking two months ago when we got this shit gimmick debuting on SmackDown and they were wearing fucking beachwear collection. So you're bullshitting your audience and you bullshit everybody that's got to listen to that fucking garbage. Clearly, you knew it sucked, but you want to say it's good. Oh, this is great. No, it always sucked. It sucked so badly, that's the only way I found it entertaining during their debut. That's why. It was so fucking bad, I couldn't look away because it was a goddamn train wreck. Now, I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine, imagine if Vince McMahon was still in charge, where this would be. L.A. Knight wouldn't even be here right now. He'd probably be in Jacksonville somewhere. Ridiculous. Two minutes, new day wins. Hit Row is continuing to party. Sonia Deville, Natalia, Drew Gulak were all at the party. Oh, yeah, man. All right. Big party time over there. Hit row. Sonia Deville and Natalia. Oh, Natalia. Now, you listen, man. I hope Natalia isn't a party pooper, man. Her wrestling ability is great, but oh, my God, man. The way she excites the crowd. I'm not sure if you really want her at a party. Just saying. So Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza walked in and they started to hit on B-Fab. So obviously Top Dollar got upset at this. He kicked them out. Goodbye, get out of here. So Top Dollar shooed them away and they were about to watch Braun Strowman and Otis on SmackDown. So this is where we go. Braun Strowman and Otis. Chad Gable's out there. Shoosh! Shoosh, please! Thank you. Chad Gable's fantastic. He is awesome. I loved. And this is why, this is why I say, you know, Pat McAfee's great, but Michael Cole and Corey Graves are also just as good. Michael Cole said, there's some real heavy machinery here between these two men. And Corey Graves says, Cole, I see what you did there. That's why you're one of the best to ever do it. Heavy machinery. Gotta love it, man. 
That reference would not have been made with Vince McMahon in charge. I'm just letting you know. It might not seem like a big deal to you, but that, folks, is change. So they did a tale of the tape. Braun Strowman is listed at six foot eight. Otis is five foot ten. Otis is at 360 pounds compared to Braun, who is 340, which is shocking because I expected him to be more than Otis. So they had similar bench press totals and chest sizes, but Otis's neck is 25 inches compared to Braun Strowman's 21 inches. So this match was short, it was sweet, it was to the point, and it was fucking entertaining. This was really, really good stuff here. So Strowman had an early advantage. He tried to run over Otis outside the ring. Gable distracted him. He went for the wee He went for that. He went for the uh, ring around the Strowman. And Gable distracted him. He stopped. That allowed Otis to push Strowman into the barricade and take over the match. Strowman fought back, ran over both Otis and Gable on the outside of the ring before tossing Gable over the barricade. Otis caught him with a world's strongest slam. Strowman tried to go for the power slam. Could not lift him up. Could not lift him up. I don't know if this was supposed to be the end of the match or if this was uh, called on the fly to get to the ending. And they just went with a different ending. I don't know. But Strowman almost got Otis up in a big power slam. His finishing move. But he couldn't do it. Otis got to his feet. He delivered a world's strongest slam to Strowman. He puts him in the corner. He goes to the corner, does a Vader bomb, gets a two count off the Vader bomb. Otis tried a flying headbutt off the top. But Strowman moved and hit a power bomb for the pin. The power bomb was a delayed power bomb. He played to the crowd a little bit, lifted him up like Wardlow would do, and boom, one, two, three. Strowman beats Otis. Crowd popped big for this, and this was awesome. This was really awesome. And listen, I could sit here and tell you that I want the Alpha Academy. Hopefully, 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 Triple H sees how good Gable is. I know he sees how good Gable is. Alpha Academy deserves a lot better. Hopefully this is, you know, them doing what they are asked to do to get rewarded at a later date. Hopefully. They're too good, and this is beneath them. I say it every week. But I will say this. I was very hard on Braun Strowman. I still don't really care for Braun Strowman. I think Braun Strowman, you know, just his attitude and the way that he's handled things and the things that he said in the past, you know, I I just don't like that type of attitude. I don't. I don't think he really is somebody that I would have brought back. He wouldn't have been on my list of people to bring back, but Triple H thought otherwise. And we're going to trust the process with Paul Levesque, right? I will say this, though. As long as he continues to stay this way and we don't see any cheesiness out of him or or anything like that, I think Strowman's going to be very well off under Triple H. I think Triple H gets who Braun Strowman is. I think Triple H sees the value that Braun Strowman brings to the brand. He's not going to have him go out there and do something that he can't do. My question is, how long is it going to remain interesting and exciting? Because guys like this, gimmicks like that, big guys like that, their shelf life is very, very small or very low. So I don't know what's going to happen with Strowman. It's going to be something that 
You know, he's got to, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to always reinvent the wheel with someone like that, especially after they've done everything with him. That's my only concern. But right now, he's been booked great. Outside of the, the Alpha Academy being fucking treated like garbage, I think Strowman's been treated very, very good. They've been booking him very well on the main roster so far. It's going to be very interesting to see what Triple H can do to keep that momentum up. How is he going to reinvent himself with Strowman? How is he going to keep him fresh? That's where, that's where it's going to become interesting. Backstage, Caleb Braxton interviewed the Brawling Brutes about their match. Sheamus, Butch, and Rich Holland chanted, Fight night! Fight night! Sheamus said the bloodline face an uphill battle tonight, but they love a good fight. He said in two weeks he will get his rematch against Gunther in Worcester, Massachusetts on SmackDown. This is the season premiere. I wonder if that's going to be where Sasha Banks shows up as well. Or are we going to save her for Survivor Series? I don't know. For a season premiere, you're going to need something to really hook the fans in. Is it going to be Bray Wyatt? Is it going to be Sasha Banks? Is it going to be Naomi? Is it going to be a big title change? I have no clue. Something big is going to happen on that show, and there are a lot of interesting situations right now happening within WWE that it could be, and it's going to make it a must-see show. He said he'll drag the Intercontinental title out of his cold, dead hands, but tonight is about Rich Holland and Butch. So the Usos will get banger after banger after banger. Gotta love Sheamus, man. Listen, before Sheamus calls it quits, I want to have a pint with Sheamus. That's the goal. A pint with Sheamus. Ice cold Guinness. And maybe a couple of JMOs on the rock. Maybe. Drew McIntyre, he made his way to the ring. Drew McIntyre is focused on Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross took advantage of Drew McIntyre because of his focus on Roman Reigns at Cardiff. So Drew, he's there in front of the crowd. Fans are chanting his name. He said, after all these years, they should know him pretty well. He says he doesn't like playing games. And if you have an issue with him, step in the ring and they'll figure things out. He said Cross never got that message. He said he'd rather jump him from behind than face him like a man. He said he went straight to the top and he's going to have his big match against him at Extreme Rules. It's no ordinary match, though. He's got a strap in his hand. He held up this strap and he said it's a match designed to inflict maximum pain and prevent him from running away from him. A strap match. Last time we saw a strap match in WWE, I believe it was with Daniel Bryan and The Fiend, if I'm not mistaken. And that match, that match was great. So Cross's music played. No Cross, though, just Scarlett looking great as always. Cross went after Drew from behind because this was all a setup. Drew fought back. He attached the strap to Cross's wrist, tied it on his wrist, Yanked him forward, and they began fighting. Drew started to give Cross a beating, big boot, and then he whipped his back with the strap. Cross was just writhing in pain at this point. Tried to leave the ring. He rolled out from underneath the ring, or underneath the ropes, rather. Drew pulled him back in the ring and started whipping him again. So now he's in the ring, and he's laying in the corner. 
Scarlet crawls into the ring and steps in between Drew and Cross. She's begging Drew not to hit Cross again with the strap. All of a sudden, she shoots a fireball at Drew McIntyre's face. She overshot the fireball. I don't know where the fireball came from. I don't know what she did, but she shot a fire. This was not cheesy like Alexa Bliss and her fucking shooting fireballs out of the goddamn ring corner at Randy Orton or Alexa Bliss summoning fucking light fixtures to fall from the Thunderdome. This wasn't that cheesy, okay? I just want to make people very well aware of what we're doing here. This is not the first time Scarlett has meddled in fire. And I'll get to that in a second. She overshot this fireball. It was supposed to go into Drew McIntyre's eyes. It went over his head. So clearly Drew no-sold this thing, and he started continuing to beat on Cross. Cross got the advantage over Drew because Scarlett missed with this fireball. Maybe it was designed to miss. I don't know. But then she low-blowed Drew McIntyre, and fans started booing. Cross stood over Drew with the strap and threw the strap down. He returned to the ring and put the cross jacket sleeper on him. Drew faded and cross said, Drew, I'll see you at Extreme Rules. This is exactly what we wanted and you fell for it. Let us go or let it go. Let it go, he said. So Drew passed out. Cross released the hold. And that was the way the segment came to a close. Now, a lot of people are like, well, JD's not going to shit on Scarlet, but he'd shit on Alexa Bliss. Her, 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 her. No, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Alexa Bliss plays with dolls. Alexa Bliss listens to fucking emo music. You know, the music that has male singers sounding like female, dressing like they're female for chicks and fucking emo girls, high school girls who want to wear fucking chains and black lipstick and fucking piercings. That's the type of music that they're made for. That's the type of shit that she meddles in. She's not a fucking witch. She's not possessed. She has nothing to do with fire. She's not a fucking magician. She didn't go to Hogwarts. Her best friend's not Harry Potter. I mean, give me a fucking break. All right? She's not Gandalf the Grey. She's not summoning dragons. She doesn't have fucking elves and dwarfs next to her. She's not fucking part of the fellowship. She's Alexa Bliss. Okay? She doesn't throw fire. Scarlet. Scarlet plays a witch. Or whatever the fuck they called her. What did they call her? They called her something. Something witch-like. You could just tell she plays like witchcrafty gimmick. That's her thing. I mean, they gave Keith Lee a fucking book. And he opened the book and fire shot out of the fucking book. She meddles in that stuff. Seriously. So let it go. I enjoyed this, and it fits their gimmick, okay? So I don't mind Scarlet throwing a fireball every now and then, as long as she doesn't summon fucking things to fall from the ceiling or have black goo coming from her fucking eyeballs. I'm fine, okay? But if Alexa Bliss wants to go and hang out with the little hobbitses, we're fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Anything to get her off television is great. Moving on. Let me take a sip of my beverage here, man. We got 2,600 people at 1.30 in the morning, man. You guys are savage. You guys are great. Dakota Kai. 
She's with Bailey and EO Sky. She's wrestling. Uh, <laughs> Raquel uh, Rodriguez Gonzalez. Back to smiling, I see, Raquel, right? Back to smiling. What is she smiling about, man? What is she smiling about? Huh? What's so funny? What are you so happy about? I wasn't smiling here. Snatch went two minutes. Two. I don't know if Paul Levesque is booking this or Bruce Pritchard stepped in and said, yeah, Paul, I got it, man. I'll take care of it, man. Don't worry about it. I got this match. Two minutes. She wasn't smiling. She didn't smile tonight. I must have watched uh, a different Raquel Rodriguez match. That I don't fucking know. She wasn't smiling. Oh, you got the Raquel. <laughs> you got it anyway. Maybe Triple H is... Sh- maybe, listen, man. Triple H is taking all my prime material, material away from me, man. I can't do... Let me... Let me at him anymore. Right? I can't do that. Reggie. Right? I can't do that. Now I can't do... <laughs> Come on, man. What are you leaving me with here? I got nothing. And she's out there two minutes. Jesus Christ, this fucking sucked. This shit sucks, okay? I'm not going to do the Chase You thing. That's Tuesday. We did this thing on Chase You, right? Give me an S. Give me a U. Give me a C. Give me a K. Give me an S. This shit sucks. That's exactly what this was. Sucks. Two minutes. All of a sudden... Bailey interfered. Shotzi ran out to help Rodriguez. Shotzi attacked Bailey, took down Sky Gonzalez. <clears throat> Excuse me, Gonzalez rolled up a distracted Kai for a one, two, three, and Rodriguez wins in two minutes. Afterward, everyone brawled in the ring. Cole said Shotzi calls herself the ballsy badass. And we got damage control bailing out as Shotzi and Raquel celebrated. You know, some things, the more things change, the more they stay the same. You know, champions should not be losing in any capacity on national television in non-title matches. No. You know, I thought Triple H knew better. Maybe this one uh, slipped through the cracks. Uh, I I don't know. Why do we have one half of tag team champions losing? Oh, but JD, it was an interference. Oh, it was a distraction. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's just as bad. Another distraction roll-up. Great. Great. Can we move on from the distraction roll-ups, please? Can we come up with another fucking finish? Why is a champion losing in a non-title match is what I want to know. It should not happen to Dakota, or anybody else, for that matter. I don't even know why you booked this match. What does this accomplish? What? Now we got Bailey versus Shotzi. Great. Great. We could have gotten that based off last week. We didn't need Dakota to lose this week to get that match next week with Bailey and Shotzi. Give me a break. Shit sucks. 
Raquel and Shotzi absolutely will be a part of this women's war games match. It will be Bianca. It will be Alexa. It will be Asuka. It will be Shotzi. It will be Raquel against damage control and what looks to be toxic attraction. JC Jane and Gigi Dolan getting called up to the main roster. They are about to get called up to the main roster imminently. So this may be your women's war game. This may be your women's war games matches. Uh, war games match, I should say. Uh, they already replaced Nikita Lions. <laughs> Nikita Lions. And Zoe Stark in the tournament uh, for the women's tag team title tournament before Ra- Raquel Smiley, Raquel, and Aaliyah won. They were pulled from the tournament following a victory due to a concussion to Dolan. And in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer reported that there has been talk of Dolan and J.C. Jane moving to the main roster for a while now, and we may see it very, very imminently. And they were on Tuesday night, and they lost, I believe. Uh, they wrestled, and uh, they defeated Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. So there you go. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. You know, I, I, I was saying Sasha and Naomi, but, uh, you know, it, it could still be, but it looks like more likely it will be uh, two-thirds of toxic attraction here uh, in the women's war games match at Survivor Series. We will talk about the men in just a little bit because we may have gotten a glimpse as to who the men's participants will be against the bloodline, and uh, I, I don't think that uh, I have a problem with that either. It's a little different than what I would have done, but we may have gotten a glimpse at the men's war games match as well. So we go back to the party, and Humberto and Angel took a cheap shot at uh, Adonis, Ashante Adonis, and Top Dollar, and then they ran away. So this obviously set up a match next week. It will be Hit Row against the Lethal Lovers or Los Lotharios in tag team action next week. Bailey versus Shotzi, Hit Row versus Los Lotharios, and Sammy and Solo Sokoa versus Mad Cat Moss and Ricochet next week in a tag team match on SmackDown. Now, I said the Bloodline's going to be in the War Games match at Survivor Series. You're going to see Solo, you're going to see the Usos, you're going to see Roman, and you're going to see Sammy, five, right? Clearly, Drew McIntyre is going to be in there because he has unfinished business with the bloodline. Solo Sokoa fucked him over at Cardiff. So we could see Drew McIntyre. We could see Kevin Owens, right? He's got uh, Roman Reigns on the mind. Roman Reigns owes me one, right? Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens. Tonight, we saw Solo beat up Madcap and Ricochet. So we could be seeing Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Ricochet and Madcap Moss as the four participants there. Who would be the fifth? Who would be the fifth? I don't know. I said maybe we get possibly Braun Strowman. Possibly Braun Strowman. He's got ties with Drew McIntyre. He's got history with Roman Reigns. We'll we'll, we'll see, man. I, I don't know who could be the fifth outside of Braun Strowman. But uh, it's going to be an interesting situation, to say the least. So with what we got tonight, with Solo beating the shit out of both of those guys, it it pretty much confirmed to me that Ricochet and Matt Cat Moss are definitely going to be in this bloodline feud, and they will take this all the way to Survivor Series, where they will be involved 
in the War Games match. So that's what I'm saying here tonight uh, for you guys. Shinsuke, Randy Orton, possibly. You know, it, it's a possibility. Shinsuke, I could see. Shinsuke, I can see. But he's been taken out of the situation. Uh, maybe we get uh, Randy Orton, possibly. But I don't know why Randy Orton would come back and go after Roman Reigns. I, I guess, uh, they, yeah, I, I could see Randy because they put him out, right? I could see Randy being in that match. But do you want to bring Randy and put him in a War Games match after being out all these months? He makes, he makes absolute sense. He makes total sense, this Randy Orton. But uh, again, it's all depending on if he can come back from injury. What if we don't have access to Randy Orton? Braun Strowman. I don't know. Sheamus, no. I'm not going to go uh, and do Sheamus there. They're tied up with Imperium. Brawling Brutes are tied up with Imperium. So, yeah, um, you guys can discuss that, but uh, we may be looking at four of the five right there for the babyface team going into war games. Usos versus the Brawling Brutes. This is Rich Holland and Butch for the Tag Team Championships, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. This tag team match was great. Almost 15 minutes, very good match. Crowd was into it, excellent tag team match. Butch early took a nasty spill to the outside. This allowed the Usos to take over. He tried to fight back. He ran into an Inziguri for a near fall. Zane almost got involved, which led to a long argument between him and Jay Uso on the outside, which almost cost him the match. Butch then hit Jay with an Inziguri, made the hot tag to Rich Holland. Butch got several near falls here but was super kicked by both Usos to stop his momentum. Butch tried fighting them off, and he went for a moonsault, but the Usos super kicked him simultaneously in midair, which looked great. Uh, Then Butch, all of a sudden, makes another comeback. He tries to snap Jay's fingers, tagged in Rich Holland, but Jimmy made the blind tag. Holland ducked their super kicks, hoisted both Usos up on his shoulders, which popped the crowd big. Everybody thought this was the ending of the match. Holland then slammed both of them down, The Brutes hit their double-team finish, combo kick power slam, but then Jay broke the cover up by lunging in the ring through the bottom rope. Zayn was so frustrated at this point, he grabbed the chair. Sheamus saw this, ran after Sammy on the outside, yanked it away from him. Sheamus was about to go after Sammy, but all of a sudden, Imperium took him out, blindsided from behind, All of a sudden, we see Gunther come in and deliver a big boot to Sheamus, takes him out. Usos see all this happening. They take out Holland with super kicks because everybody's distracted now. The Brawling Brutes are distracted. Butch and Holland are distracted because of what Imperium did on the outside. Usos with super kicks to Holland, give Butch the 1D for the 1-2-3, and that was it. The Usos retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships in an excellent main event which sets up, obviously, continuing the Brawling Brutes and Imperium feud, and they got a great tag team match out of it. Everybody looked strong. The Usos retain. We got the continuation of Jay and Sami Zayn arguing. All in all, excellent main event. I thought this was an excellent edition of SmackDown. Probably the best SmackDown that Triple H has given us so far in the first two months of his reign over WWE Creative. Excellent, excellent show tonight for WWE. I want to check the chat, guys. We're going to talk about... uh, We're going to talk about Rampage. 
I know you guys want to talk about Rampage. I'm not going to go into a full-fledged breakdown of everything. So basically going to go over the winners. But SmackDown was great, man. Rampage was good, but it was not a Grand Slam per se. It was more like a ground wound double. 2,500, man. Nice showing on a Friday night, Saturday morning. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show, as always, with our cold beverages. Memberships are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out as well. Members, VIP, tomorrow. VIP only. Off the script, 445. Tomorrow, live on the channel, man. Members only. So get them on in. If you guys want to be a part of the chat, you're going you're gonna to get new, new emotes as well in a couple of weeks, man. New emotes coming. Seven. Two new badges. It's going to be a great time. Plus, you guys get those VIP off the scripts every weekend. Tonight's show is sponsored by audibleaudibletrial.com slash script. Make sure you guys sign up and get that 30 days on me. 30 days free of their service and one free audio book of, audio book of your choice. Great deal there from my friends over at Audible. And like I said, man, hit that thumbs up. We need 1,000 likes. We're 70 away, 68 to be exact, away from 1,000 likes. Hit that thumbs up and show me that support, guys. 1,000 likes on tonight's SmackDown and Rampage Post Show right here on OTS. I thought Dynamite was great. I did rant a little bit about, you know, Tony Khan bringing in Paige or Soraya, Soraya. How, how do you pronounce Soraya? I call it Soraya. I call it Soraya. I heard uh, Excalibur say Soraya Knight. Whatever. I say Soraya. I thought Rampage was good. I thought Dynamite obviously was the better show. Rampage at two hours compared to Dynamite. It's night and day, bro. It's night and day. Dynamite you know it was going to be a great show because it's got that live atmosphere. But Rampage was also two hours and was hyped up as being a pay-per-view level show. And it was the best Rampage ever and blah, 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 blah. The show, even with the Grand Slam theme, felt incredibly, incredibly rushed. Now, from people that I know were there, they told me that they filmed Dark before Dynamite, which is one hour, right? Then they go to Dynamite Live, that's two hours. And then this show almost went three hours. Rampage went almost three hours, and this show had to be edited down to fit the TV, TV format of two hours. How they did that, I have no fucking idea. No idea. Everything was boom, 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 boom. Back to back to back to back to back. I don't like that. You may like that as your pro wrestling. You may enjoy that for your pro wrestling fix every week. I do not. I do not see how you enjoy a match happening and then right into the next match. Have a match right to the ending, right to the next segment without anything breathing. I don't understand that. It's like me going from, you know, eating a full fucking six-course meal and then asking me, as I'm eating dinner, do you want dessert and a cappuccino? 
No, motherfucker. I still have half of an old-fashioned left, and I have half of my fucking dinner left on my plate, which I'm still picking at. Do you mind? Now, I'm not a dessert guy anyway. I'm not. But I want to relax. I don't like things boom, 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 boom. Or you asking me, hey, man, do you want another beverage? Motherfucker, I still have 75% of my fucking beer left. Do you mind if I drink this one before you ask me for another beer? I can't drink two beers at the same time. I'm not an alcoholic. It's what people don't understand. People don't get it. I want something to happen. I want the first match to happen. Let it breathe. Show the lingering shot of the crowd and show Sting's facial expression and Darby fucking all hurt and oh my God. Right into the next match. I'm sorry. And then the show has this taped vibe. It just feels taped. It sounds taped. It sounds like Excalibur's ad-libbing over fucking already shot footage from a fucking studio somewhere. If you enjoy that, that's all you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what you can enjoy, okay? What you can't and cannot enjoy. Can and cannot enjoy. But this show felt very rushed to me in every sense of the word. It was not a grand slam Not saying that the matches were bad, but Dynamite obviously has a fucking problem. Look at how many matches they had. How many matches did they have tonight? They had Action Bronson and 2.0. They had Jade Cargill and Diamante. They had the Battle Royal. They had Wardlow and Samoa Joe versus Tony Nese and Josh Woods. They had Sting and Darby Allin versus Brody King and, and Buddy Matthews. They had Sammy Guevara versus Eddie Kingston. They had Jungle Boy versus... Ray Phoenix, they had Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Eight fucking matches on a two-hour show. That is Monday Night Raw when Vince McMahon was booking Monday Night Raw at three hours. He put put anywhere from eight to ten matches on the fucking show. Meanwhile, I'm the one complaining that I don't want that. And people are looking at me like I got six fucking heads. Eight matches on a two-hour show. Nobody sees something wrong with that. Why do you have eight matches on a two-hour show? At most, you should have five. Look at how well Dynamite flowed. Look at how great Dynamite was. Everything was allowed to breathe. Everything. The last three Dynamites have been very nicely done. Nice and consistent and flowing. Meanwhile, we get this. Boom, one match is over, right to the next. Boom, one match is over, right to the next. Boom, one match is over, right to the next. It's like, I can't get up and go get myself a fucking drink. I can't get up and go take a piss. I can't get up and go fucking see if my cats need food. I feel like if I get up, I'm going to miss something. Quality over quantity. This is where overloading your roster and your roster being bloated now presents an issue. And even then, tough shit, tough shit. Tony Khan should reserve these shows for the people that matter most. If you're in something and you are there and you're going to make the show money and you're going to fucking bring in a rating and it's important enough to be on the show, then by all means, get it on the show. But that doesn't mean you got to load the show up with eight fucking matches. Dynamite had five. This had eight. 
Something's off there. This show felt bloated. Dynamite did not. This show felt rushed. Dynamite did not. Quality over quantity. We didn't need Jade versus Diamante. I don't give a fuck. We didn't need Jungle Boy and Ray Phoenix. You could have saved that for Dynamite. We didn't need Samoa Joe and Wardlow versus Tony Nese and Josh Woods. Who gives a shit? Why? Why? The only thing, did, did we need a battle royal? Did we need to crown a number one contender tonight in Adam Page? Could have saved it for some other time. Could have saved it for next week. Could have saved it for the following week. What do we need it tonight for? Oh, we got to get everybody on the show because everybody deserves to be on the show because it's Dynamite Grand Slam. It's the biggest dynamite of the year. So what? So what? The World Series is happening in a couple of months, right? Or a month and a half. Does every fucking team in baseball need to play for the World Series? No, it's the two best teams. One from the AL and one from the NL. It doesn't work that way. It's been a problem in WWE. It's been a problem in AEW. It's been more of a problem in AEW because they just don't seem to learn from their mistakes. Said this about WrestleMania for years when it happened on one night. Now we got two nights, so I haven't said anything about it because the show is split into two and it's a lot more digestible. It's a lot easier to watch. But Dynamite, sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it wrong. Rampage, they seem to just not give a shit about. They don't give a shit about it. Quality over quantity. Half of this shit you didn't need on this show. The the House of Black versus Sting and Darby, that should have been on the show. Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs, that should have been on the show. Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara, I don't even know what the fuck they're doing that for, but put it on the show. It was supposed to happen all out. Put it on the show. Put it on the show. Action Bronson and Hook versus 2.0, put it on the show. We didn't need all these matches tonight. We did. I'm sorry. Darby Allen and Sting defeated the House of Black with Julia Hart. This was a great match. And I enjoyed the shit out of this. House of Black was brawling with Allen up on the ramp. Sting was handcuffed in the ring. He really didn't do much of anything in this match because he was handcuffed. They went for Dante's Inferno on Darby Allen, but Allen countered. Allen climbed one of the lighting structures on the entrance ramp, delivered a coffin drop onto Buddy Matthews. Had to be a good 15 feet up. So Allen went for the coffin splash on Brody King. King caught him with a choke and hung him over the stage right in front of the fans they eventually both tumbled off the stage through tables down below julia hart led matthews holding stings bat back to the ring matthews set up sting on a chair so he pulled out a chair set up sting in the middle of the ring handcuffed sitting in the chair it's about to strike him with his baseball bat all of a sudden the lights go out nobody knows who the fuck's gonna show up all of a sudden The great Muda, he looks fantastic. The great Muda shows up, and he saves Sting. Muda made his way down to the ring. Buddy Matthews was standing there, shocked. Muda and Sting had a brief stare down. Then Muda turned to Matthews, took him down with a beautiful dragon screw leg whip. Muda hit Matthews with the green mist. Sting broke the handcuffs, dropped Matthews with the scorpion death drop. At this point... 
Julia Hart was on the ring apron, and Buddy Matthews, after being sprayed in the mist with in the face with the mist, he bumped into Julia, not knowing she was on the apron. There was a table lined up on the outside. She went flying, supposed to go through the table. She went over the table and landed back first between the table and the barricade, hitting nothing but concrete. That looked like it fucking sucked. I hope to God she's all right. Sting also went through tables. They knocked him through fucking tables during the beginning of the match, the Brody King shoves Sting off the ring apron. He goes diving through two fucking tables. This was before he got handcuffed. House of Black loses again. Scorpion death drop by Sting. One, two, three. Muda and Sting embrace in the middle of the ring. They shook hands and embraced after the match. After the match, Darby was busted open. Julia Hart was incapacitated. Brody King was thrown through tables off the stage. Sting was bleeding. This was a mess. Great match, but a mess. And a great match that hopefully ends the feud and we can move on. Start all over with the House of Black. And we got to move on from this House of Black and Darby feud. It is now over. What the great Muda was out there for, I have no fucking idea. I want to think it was nothing more than a feel-good moment. Other than that, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Or maybe, maybe, hey... Sting's got somebody who's going to equalize the mist of the House of Black. I got the Great Muda, the guy who masters the mist. The Green Mist. There you go. Crowd popped big. Don't know why he was there. Just a feel-good moment. No more, no less. Hook and Action Bronson defeated Angelo Parker and Matt Menard. Of course they did. Five minutes. This was actually very fun. Action Bronson looked really good here. I was surprised to see how good he moved in the ring. He didn't look out of place. He didn't fumble around. He wasn't hesitant on anything. He looked good. Hook started with Parker. Parker was on uh, defense here. Gut wrench suplex by Hook. Menard got a tag. He demanded Action Bronson getting to the ring. He came in, happily said yes. Took Menard down with a tackle. Crushed both Parker and Menard with an avalanche in the corner. Parker ran in, hit Hook from behind with a kick. Then they took over and Parker actually got a two count on Hook. I don't think we've ever seen that before. Hook sold more than he's ever had against 2.0 and rightfully so because these guys are legit. Parker went for a suplex, but Hook countered with a suplex of his own. He hot tagged to action Bronson. Bronson hit an Oklahoma stampede power slam, took out both Menard and Parker with shoulder tackles. Hook came in, hit a suplex on Parker, and then locked on the red rum. Menard tried to run in, and Bronson caught him in a red rum, and both men tapped out. Feel-good moment there, and both guys, they looked really good. Hook and Bronson looked really good tonight. Wardlow. Wardlow teaming with the Ring of Honor TV champion Samoa Joe versus Tony Nese and Josh Woods. This match went two minutes. I, I want to know how long this match really went that it got edited down to two minutes. Apparently, Wardlow was on the outside for all of this match. I don't know what had happened, but there were rumors that he got hurt. Nothing was really in the news. There was no follow-up on Wardlow. There was no news on Wardlow, and I still can't find it. Wardlow may have been injured. Here we go. Wardlow may have been injured 
at Rampage Grand Slam. Dave Meltzer noted that Wardlow was potentially injured during this match. He says, and I quote, Wardlow may have. Did you hear about Wardlow getting hurt? Wardlow appeared to be hurt. I don't know how serious. He appeared to have a leg injury, but he did come back. And he did. He was out for most of this match. He shook off his leg. We got a muscle buster on Tony Nese. And that was it. After the match was over, Nice and Woods jumped Joe after the match. Wardlow made the save. Sterling hit Wardlow from behind with one of the belts, which Wardlow no-sold. Sterling tried to run. Joe cut him off, and Wardlow gave him three powerbomb symphonies, and that was pretty much it. Squash match. Wardlow deserves better. Wardlow deserves better. He didn't look injured, so I don't really know. That was the only thing that I saw. He didn't look injured. He was moving around, and that's what I saw. But Wardlow deserves better, man. This is a waste of my time. This is a waste of Joe's time. This is a waste of Wardlow's time. Tony Nese, Mark Sterling, Josh Woods, who gives a fuck? Nobody gives a shit about this faction or this group, okay? Tony Nese is great, but Josh Woods, he's a Ring of Honor guy. Get him out of here. Mark Sterling, I'm tired of seeing Mark Sterling on television. Get him off television. We don't need him anymore. He's done his thing. He served his purpose. If you want to keep Wardlow and Joe as a tag team, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I think that's great. If it eventually leads to a match, I'm okay with that too. But we need Samoa Joe in something a little bit more regular on TV because he's too good to be just Ring of Honor TV champion. And Wardlow, Jesus fucking Christ, Tony, this guy needs to be the face of your fucking show. Every week, or not every week, every other week, He's the TNT champion. This is not what a TNT champion should be doing. One of the title matches on your fucking show Wednesday should have been a TNT title match with a suitable opponent for Wardlow. When are we going to get that? I hope that's in the cards. Just like the women's division, nobody trusts you booking a better women's division now with Paige in AEW. You got other things that need attending to. One of the things that need attending to is Wardlow. Jungle Boy. He's now Jungle Boy Jack Perry. This went almost 17 minutes. Why did this go 17 minutes? Did this need to go 17 minutes? I love Jungle Boy. I think Jungle Boy is fantastic. I think Ray Phoenix is just as fantastic. But it need to go 17 minutes? I don't get it. Now, if this show was five matches, six matches, and this was one of the matches you wanted to show in its entirety, that's fine. But 17 minutes on a fucking show that had eight other matches. I mean, give me a break. There's nothing on the line here. Nothing here that's important between these two. And Jungle Boy beats Ray Phoenix, who is a trios champion. Why? Why? Just like WWE has Dakota Kai lose. On SmackDown, I'm going to call you out for the same thing. You got trios champions here. Pac already lost on Wednesday to Orange Cassidy. Oh, he won. I'm sorry. He, he beat Orange Cassidy. But, I mean, they, they haven't looked like winners as of late ever since winning those championships. Why are they losing? They should not be losing here. Pac beat Orange Cassidy. He's eventually going to lose that title to Orange Cassidy sooner rather than later. But Ray Phoenix is tag team champion here. Should not be losing to, to, to Jungle Boy. I'm sorry. 
I'm not going to go over this all because it's so fucking much. So, Jungle Boy is going at it with Phoenix with some chops. Phoenix came back with some kicks. Phoenix hit a cutter. And Phoenix set up an escalera by running from the big ramp and then springboarding into the ring. Perry came back with a powerbomb. Sliding elbow, goes for a cover, gets a near fall. Phoenix went for the three amigos. But Jungle Boy slipped out of a third suplex, caught Phoenix with a sit-out Death Valley driver for a near fall. Phoenix hit a massive frog splash for a near fall. Phoenix then set up a fire thunder driver. Jungle Boy rolled through into a small package and got the pinfall. This was a very good match. I'm not taking anything away from these two guys, but it did not need to go 17 minutes. And if you wanted it to go in its entirety, you could have saved it for Dynamite. It didn't need to be on tonight's show. You don't got to be forced or compelled to give everybody a spot because it's Grand Slam. Preserve those spots for those most deserving. Spread your time out right. You're just going to fucking match after match after match people to death. It's not a good look, man. People get burned out. They got the attention span of fucking goldfish. You got people sitting there at Arthur Ashe for five hours, six hours watching AEW wrestling. At some point, people are going to be like, Jesus fucking Christ, I just want to go home. Jungle Boy wins. Excellent match. After the match was over, they shook hands. Jungle Boy celebrated. Christian Cage came out, had his arm in a sling. And while Jungle Boy was looking at Cage, you couldn't believe it, Luchasaurus came from behind and attacked Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus laid out. Jungle Boy and Cage cut a promo on the New York fans, telling them that they're obnoxious and loud. Stay that way. That's it. Shut up when I'm talking to you. And he basically buried Jungle Boy saying, you injured me. I continued the match and I buried you at all out. Now look at you. Luchasaurus choke slammed. Jungle Boy and Cage told him not to show up on AEW next week. Sammy Guevara. He defeated Eddie Kingston on a reverse decision. So they did this match that was supposed to take place at All Out on Grand Slam. I mean, I think I lost interest when both guys were getting into backstage arguments and one was getting suspended. I mean, the time away didn't really do this feud or this match any favors. So Guevara won on a reverse because Eddie Kingston, he caught Guevara doing a double jump cutter, that signature double jump cutter that he does. He caught him, delivered a back suplex on Guevara. Guevara hit a super kick, but Kingston came back with a half and half suplex. He then hit not one, not two, but three spinning back fists. Then he locked on the stretch plum for a submission on Guevara, but he refused to let go of the hold. Jerry Lynn came out, bell rings, ding, 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 ding. He wins the match. Jerry Lynn comes out. He tries to reason with Eddie Kingston. He wouldn't listen. Security and referees came down to try and break the hold. Eddie Kingston lets go of the hold. Referee has enough of this shit. So he reverses the decision. And he gives the match to Sammy Guevara. Eddie Kingston gets pissed. He beats up all the security. He beats up all the referees. He leaves Jerry Lynn just standing there. And that is it. Tony Schiavone on commentary said Paul Turner, the referee, 
of this match, he informed that the referees need to tighten up on the officiating in AEW. This is what Tony Khan supposedly said Tony Schiavone, or told Tony Schiavone to say on commentary. Yeah, Tony Khan says the officiating, and Paul Turner, senior official, needs to tighten up officiating. There's other things in this company that need tightening up. Referees are just one of those things. Eddie Kingston loses via a reverse decision. Jade Cargill defeated Diamante. Waste of my time. Diamante, how did she get the title match? Oh, well, JD, she won it on dark. She won matches on dark. Fuck AEW dark. I don't want nothing to do with dark on my fucking television show on Wednesday night. Dark should be their own thing, and then they should graduate to Dynamite, win matches on Dynamite, and then get championship matches by winning those matches on Dynamite. Not winning matches on Dark that nobody fucking watches to get a championship match at a show like this. Diamante has done nothing all year. Why is she on this show? Why? She is not deserving. This is Tony Khan pretty much saying, oh, well, I need Jade on this show like everybody else. Who do we have? We have nobody. Let's put Diamante in there because. And then they bring out Trina, whoever the fuck that is. I don't give a shit. Nobody seemed to fucking care in New York City anyway. I don't give a shit. They didn't give a shit. She's in the match. She's apparently the baddest bitch. She turned on Diamante after the match and she raised Jade Cargill's Hand after the match, after she delivered Jaded to Diamante. Match of the year contender right there, folks. Guarantee you, you don't go and watch it ever again. Waste of my time. Unbelievable. Adam Page won a battle royal. Golden ticket battle royal. He was the first man to enter, but he was jumped by the Butcher, the Blade, and Roosh. On the way to the ring. Everybody entered the ring when we came back from commercial break. Apparently, this was left down to Adam Page and Roosh at the end. There were Jay Lethal in there, John Silver, Evil Uno, Private Party, Matt Hardy, Dark Order Number 10, Lee Moriarty, Daniel Garcia, Lance Archer, Dalton Castle was in there, Brian Cage was in there. Dante Martin was in there. Penta was in there. Ari Davari, the best friends, Cole Carter, QT Marshall, and Danhausen. You give me a battle royal with those guys, and then you expect me to fucking care. I don't know why we needed a battle royal with jobbers on Dynamite Grand Slam. You were better off just giving us a match between Page and Roosh. Seriously. Adam Page wins the Battle Royal because, let's be real, he was the only one that made sense here. Out of all the names available here to choose from, more than likely you're going to say, oh yeah, Adam Page is the number one guy that I would like to see win this thing. So Adam Page is the number one contender, gets a championship match in two weeks against John Moxley in Cincinnati on AEW Dynamite. 
for the world title. Good. Now, I don't know what you think of this, but you could look at it one way or you could look at it another. You could look at it being, oh my God, man, if you're a CM Punk fan, you could be fucking pissed at at this decision. This is the same guy that CM Punk called a fucking dumb fuck at the pro show scrum at All Out two and a half weeks ago. And he's getting a championship match. Now, the elite is still suspended. Reportedly, Tony Khan and AEW haven't even reached out to the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. I'm assuming there's still an investigation going on, and that's the reason why. But nobody's heard from the elite or AEW. They've been without communication. But here we got Adam Page winning a battle royal, becoming a number one contender for the world championship. Why? Isn't he a part of the whole situation? Now, he wasn't there, but isn't he a part of the elite? Your number one guy, your biggest moneymaker, CM Punk just called this guy a dumb fucking fuck, or a fucking dumb fuck, on, on, on All Out Sunday, and here he is winning the number one contendership for the Battle Royal. I mean, either Tony Khan doesn't give a shit about what CM Punk is saying, or he's just completely clueless about what's going on here. Now, the way I look at it, maybe I'm right here. I don't know. I mean, it looks like a hot-button topic. I mean, it looks like a a controversial decision here. Maybe, maybe, Tony Khan is putting his foot down, and he's so fucking pissed at CM Punk for the embarrassing act he pulled it all out. And this was a statement by Tony Khan. I'm the fucking boss. I'm going to show you. We like Paige here. Paige fucked up. I don't know what Paige is to blame for going off script. Page went into business for himself. He should not have done that. I don't know if he was reprimanded or not. We will never know. But Tony Khan may be footing, putting his foot down and showing CM Punk that CM Punk isn't the one who runs shit around here. It's me, and I decide who gets the world championship matches. And if it's the fucking guy you called a, a fucking dumb fuck, then so be it. Or maybe, maybe... This is the one guy out of the elite that wants to do business and turn all of this into business. Maybe. Hopefully. Possibly. Now, granted, the match with Mox is going to be fucking great. But haven't we been here through this Adam Page thing? He lost the title to Punk. He got another title opportunity against Brian. He's getting another title shot now, right? Against John Moxley. Does anybody expect him to win? It's going to be a great match. But why do you expect Adam Hangman Page to beat John Moxley for the AEW World Championship before MJF has anything to do with it? Maybe MJF cashes in then. We don't fucking know. But I mean, everybody's like, oh my God, Page, yeah, Page. It's a match that means nothing. He's not winning. Why did you even put him in here? Why didn't you go and give us something new? That's the part that I don't understand. Why didn't you just go out there and give the battle royal to somebody new? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Should be a good match, though. Should be a good match. Then we got the main event, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. This was a lights-out match. They had the balls to say, yes, the lights are going out. And when the lights go out, AEW have nothing to do with this. And we will stay with it as long as we have to. 
like the crowd hasn't been sitting there a long enough time, then you want to tell them that? Ricky Starks beat Powerhouse Hobbs in what I thought was a good match. It's the way it should have been at the pay-per-view, but they got four minutes at the pay-per-view. Starks sent Hobbs early on into a chair that was positioned in the corner. Caught him with a tornado DDT for a near fall. Starks went for a chair, but Hobbs caught him with a low blow. Hobbs set up some chairs, but Starks caught Hobbs with a low blow. Starks then repositioned the chair and went for a Rochambeau. But Hobbs backdropped Starks onto the chair or chairs. Hobbs power slammed Starks onto the pile of chairs for a near fall. They brawled up the ramp for a bit. Hobbs ripped a light fixture off the entrance and and, uh, stalked Starks back down the ramp with the lighting fixture. Back in the ring, Hobbs took a wild swing with this fixture, but Starks ducked, speared Hobbs through a table. Starks hit Hobbs with the light fixture and then delivered Rochambeau to get the pinfall. This has to be, has to be, the beginning of a big push for Ricky Starks. If not, I, I don't know what the fuck we are doing. Time to create another new star in Ricky Starks. So we got John Moxley and Adam Page in this championship uh, eliminator match, or championship match, rather. Um, apparently, apparently, John Moxley is wrestling Juice Robinson on Dynamite. I, I don't know why we're getting Juice Robinson on Dynamite against John Moxley. Uh, we got. Page on Dynamite. Soraya is going to be there. Um, this show was, uh, it, it just it, it just felt dragging at times. It, it felt rushed. Nothing really stood out to me. It's like, oh my God, I can't wait to watch Rampage. Nothing felt like, you know, must see to me. Boom, 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 boom. Everything is fucking rushed. I don't get it. I don't like my pro wrestling like that. Neither should you. Get into the Super Chats, guys. Thank you so very much for hanging out with me on uh, your early Saturday morning. We still got 2,200 people at 2 o'clock in the morning. Unbelievable. Follow me on Twitter, man, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And make sure you guys check out Off the Script tomorrow noon before I got to go to Queens, the House of Glory. Super Chats are open, man. Get them on in. We are going to start at the top, and I uh, I guarantee it's Joseph Taylor. Guarantee it. I guarantee it. It's Joseph Taylor, man, at the top. Let's see. No, Michelle. Michelle beat him today. Michelle Moran with a two-dollar super chat. Roman Roman asked to work with Sammy, and Sammy is over big. Well, whatever the case may be, man, I'm loving it. I think it's great. Joseph Taylor with a two-dollar super chat. Ray Phoenix Jungle Boy match of the night. Uh, for Dynamite or for uh, Rampage? Yes. For the overall night? No. Lord Jay Coyle with a UK $5 Super Chat. The Sami Zayn storyline may be my favorite thing in wrestling right now. And yeah, I got myself an established title 
From now on, I am a lord. Good for you, brother. You can join me. We are now lords together, bro. Jeremy Harris with a $10 super chat. What's up, JD? I renewed my membership. Didn't realize I wasn't a member anymore. Anyway, showing my support. Great podcast. Thank you for the great work that you do. Enjoy your weekend. Cheers. Thank you, Jeremy Harris. Appreciate you, brother. Sean Ray J with a $20 super chat. Tried to tell people since SummerSlam they were going to build live up. The hate was deserved because of the booking, but they're making her an aggressive baby face, kind of like Cena, and it's what she needed. She will be champ till day one. God, I hope not. I hope to God not, man. I, I just don't believe her in anything she does. I don't. I don't. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. Booty night, he says. Hey, we got some nice. We got Shotzi. We got Bailey. We got Liv. We got Jade, right? It's always a good night, Tony Brown. Always a good night. Kent Foot with a 499 Super Chat. Man, whenever the bloodline turns on Sammy, it's going to be reminiscent of Evolution beating down Eugene. Is it going to be that bad, bro? Is it going to be that bad? It's going to be fucking fantastic. I can't wait. My boy Bastardo with a $5 super chat. Red's Beer Garden. Nice big place. Two blocks from Prudential Center. Maybe your nice friendly agent can look into it. Good times, brother. You guys are chill. That may be the spot, bro. That may be the spot. I don't know. I'll let you guys know. Joseph Taylor with a $3 super chat. Thank God we did not see Goldberg. Fuck Bill Goldberg. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask you guys to stop mentioning Bill Goldberg. The more we mention Bill Goldberg, the more his name is out there in the universe, and the more he will be showing up on my TV, and that's not what we want. Michael Crowley with a $10 super chat. After WrestleMania and NXT Europe, where would you say NXT may expand to next eventually? Also, I enjoyed a fat bear stout. Tastes like a cross between Guinness and peanut butter stout. I think you will like it, buddy. Sounds good, bro. I got to get me some uh, new pumpkin ales for the season, bro. It's the best time to drink beers right now. Um, NXT Europe, I could see, I could see Japan and Mexico being two spots for sure. Kenny Omega's leg with a $5 super chat. The White Rabbit and the Fiend have the same drum beat in the background. Thank you, Kenny Omega's leg, man. I didn't know you were uh, a sleuth in your off time. Skinner with a 199 Super Chat. I'm going to go rage, eat muffins from Mindy's Bakery. Yeah, Mindy's Bakery, man. Closed on Tuesdays, right? Mendelf's Isma with a $2 Super Chat. Dropped my like. I'll catch it tomorrow. OTS for life. Thank you, Mendelf's. Marcus Patterson with a 499 Super Chat. To fix world title dilemma for WrestleMania, just have WWE title slowly absorb universal title, then Triple H brings back big gold for Raw, Cody versus Seth. No. 
Cody needs to win the WWE Championship. How many times do I have to tell this to you people? It's got to be the WWE title. Cody should not have anything to do with Big Gold. And Big Gold should not be coming back to television. Mr. Premium 2002. Thank you, brother. 1999 Super Chat. Uh, JD, I was in the second row of the SmackDown taping tonight wearing a white Utah pullover. I don't know if you saw me flashing the off-the-script logo on my phone at all during the Dakota vs. Raquel match in particular. No, I didn't see it, brother. I did not see it, but I appreciate the effort, man, as always. Got to represent every way you go, man. That's that's everybody. Got to represent. KJ with the $2 Super Chat. I'll catch the stream tomorrow. Take care, OTS fam. Thank you, KJ. Cozy Cleveland. 499 Super Chat. If Bailey wins the title of Dream Rules, do you think we get Bailey versus Banks at WrestleMania? Thought about this at work. Fans since 2014. Great show. It's a possibility, man. And knowing Triple H, I know he'll want to do it. It's never happened at WrestleMania, and it should. Mr. Premium with another 499. The name Paul Heyman had for us from Utah makes this hometown guy proud. The YouTube system won't let me type it out, but you get the idea. Paul Heyman is a fucking genius, man. He is so good. Phil with a 1999 Super Chat. Like you, I didn't know where this Sammy Bloodline story was going, but that being said, Sami Zayn is a gem, and we don't deserve how great he is. If Sami and KO win the tag team titles at Mania, that would be a great moment for both. Absolutely. We may have to wait for it, man. I'm in no rush. I'm in no rush at all. My boy Jacob Donnelly. Good to see you, Jacob. Don't think it's much of a hot take, but I think I like both nights of Grand Slam more than All Out. I could see that, bro. I could see that. They need to cut down on the fluff, though, man. They need to stop overloading these shows. 15 matches on pay-per-view. Fucking 13 matches for Grand Slam. I mean, give me a fucking break, man. Side wrestle with a 199 Super Chat. Bobby Fish talked a lot of shit only to end up on Impact. And you know what? Bobby Fish is going to be watched by nobody. And now he's wrestling in front of eight fans on a weekly basis. Good for Bobby Fish. Sean Ray J with a $10 Super Chat. Anyone saying the division is better with Ronda as champ is full of it. I'm sorry. Love you, JD. But we have to agree to disagree. I never said the division was better with Ronda. Stop putting words in my mouth, man. I never said the division was better with Ronda, ever. I never even insinuated that. Ronda as champ will not make anything better. I agree. But Liv ain't going to make anything better either. It needs to be on somebody that's worth our time. Bailey, Sasha, not Charlotte, somebody new. Mr. Premium with a 499 Super Chat. There were right, White Rabbit coordinate papers on everybody's cars after the show. Boy, they're really going all out, huh? Grimsley with a $12 Super Chat. Enjoyed the COD stream earlier. I hate I deleted it. Fuck it. I hate it. I'm not even buying it. 
not even playing it. Even though you were getting jump shot like crazy, you're a great person, JD. Always the highlight of my day. Thank you, brother. Loomis is acting like a buzzard. Mercy the buzzard, to be exact. Loomis may be stalking a dying career in Miz. I don't know. This is all fun, though. Someone in the chat said, review impact. <laughs> Come on, man. Who watches impact? Nobody watches impact. They suck. me a fucking break, man. If I want to go watch wrestling in front of six fucking people, I'd never want to watch fucking wrestling in front of six fucking people in the crowd. Give me a break. It's like me fucking wrestling in front of my goddamn cats. Free bird. 499 Super Chat. JD, what if Wyatt is relating this character to The Fiend? Cross as the rabbit, Scarlet as Abby the witch, Pig is Shroman, and Buzzard is Dexter Loomis. I could see it, bro. I could honestly see it. I mean, people may be, uh, people may be going out there with uh, these theories, but it, it, it's a possibility, man. It really is a possibility. Grimsley. $2 super chat. I miss shit wrong. They haven't given me any reason to say that, so we'll, we'll just keep it as it is. Montreal Rather with $5 super chat. Randy Orton versus Karrion Cross, a potential five-star match. Would you agree? No. And Triple H lifted the third-party ban for all WWE superstars. What are your thoughts? Good. Go and play your video games and make money. Twitch is taking money from content creators anyway, so it doesn't make a fucking difference. Jerry Ramey with a $20 super chat. JD, you and I both want Cody to beat Roman. The emotion of Cody doing it for his father, plus it's one of Cody's first world titles. But what about Gunther winning his belt from Rome? Bro, I could see I could see Gunther I could see Gunther being a challenge to Cody. A foreign heel versus the American nightmare. Jaxo with a $30 super chat. Thank you, Jaxo. I love that opening segment of SmackDown since it will make even more of an impact when Sami Zayn is kicked out. Also, Hobbs versus Starks was great. Yes, it was. I thought it was fantastic. Rushed, but good. Uh, also, uh, where the hell did you go? Uh, yes. Still no Charlotte. What are they doing with AEW's women's division? Also, who is going to dethrone Jade Cargill? Because with the way TK is booking this TBS title, women's division is awful. And I love that Drew made his match with Cross a strap match. Also, I love the fact that Cage told Jungle Boy to never challenge him again. Otherwise, he will have to deal with Luchasaurus, his right-hand man. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Paige. Um... And the division with her being back now. I don't even know if she's cleared to wrestle. She said, don't believe the dirt sheets. We'll hear from her on Wednesday. Um, 
Jade, she should lose that title to Jamie Hayter. No question. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. How do you like your steak and burgers? I like my steak and burgers a little pink. I eat my burgers medium well, and I have my steak medium. I don't like a bloody burger because then the blood seeps into the bun, and I hate a wet, soggy, bloody bun. Not a good look. Sean Ray J with a $10 Super Chat. I agree. Someone new for sure. Also, I think Bray is going to have a stable Carrion, Scarlet, Dexter, and Braun. Bro, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of IWC internet geek talk there, bro. I, I mean, I like it, but people may just be fantasy bug. They may be right. I have no fucking idea. But I see the correlations to the White Rabbit carrying Cross, Dexter being the Buzzard, Scarlet being Abby the Witch. I could see it all. Jedi Joker with a 17-month membership. Thank you, brother. Can't wait for my third AEW show Wednesday. Going with my brother, Golden Boy. Was watching you stream earlier, which is worse, Modern Warfare 2 Beta or WW2 k Absolutely, WWE is not worse. No, Modern Warfare 2 Beta was worse. Thank you, Jedi. 17 months is a long time, bro. Joseph Taylor, thank you, bro, with the five. Omega Kong, nine months. Thank you so much, man. Missed AEW for the first few weeks, last few weeks. My son started high school football, raising hell on the D-line. I, I don't regret missing AEW. Cheers, JD. Cherish that shit, man. You're never going to get it back. SM in the chat. JD, stuff you. Impact is actually entertaining with good storylines. Uh, SM, Impact sucks. And uh, watch your fucking mouth here, bro, before I get rid of you and get the fuck out. Get you the fuck out. Nobody watches Impact here, man. We got better things to do. You want to go watch Impact reviews? Go watch Fightful when they stream in front of 65 fucking people. Impact has just as many people live in attendance as Fightful has on their live streams Thursday night. Not a good look, bro. Not a good look. Kenny Omega's leg with a $5 super chat. I'm going to hunt down and destroy Ryan Satin for my tribal chief. OTS for life. We the ones. Bro, Ryan Satin is a complete dickwad cocksucker. He's got the most punchable face in all of humanity. And Jimmy Belenko with an Australia mate. 17, no, no, not 17, $10 super chat. I'm seeing fucking different numbers right now. I'm so fucking tired. $10 super chat. Sorry if you've already said this earlier in the stream. I have the flu, so I've been drifting in and out of the stream. Any truth to the rumor that Soraya is not clear to wrestle? Why hire her then? I don't know. I don't know. She said, don't believe the dirt sheets. So we're not going to believe the dirt sheets. Guys. You stuck with me till 2.30 in the morning. After a four-hour night of pro wrestling. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Anyway, guys, um, I'm gonna finish up here. I'm gonna set the stream up. 
It'll be there when we uh, wake up in the morning on YouTube in the sub boxes. Make sure you join. If you're not a member, it's going to be members only. Everybody else you want to watch, you can still watch. And we'll be live at noon. I may push it back to 1230 because I don't have to be at Hog till about 5. But I appreciate you guys very much. I'll let you guys know what's going on. Hit that thumbs up. Thank you for the thousand. Thank you for the super chats. Go follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Everything you need is linked down in the description below. Continue to hit that thumbs up. The more thumbs up, the better the video does. And go check out all the other content on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage. Guys, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to finish up, then head to bed. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon. I need two things from you, man. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And when that guitar solo comes on, man, I need that music on max. I will see you all tomorrow live on YouTube. For a couple of hours and then live on fight for House of Glory Genesis. Charles Mason and Ken Broadway in a ladder match. I will see you guys tomorrow.